Welcome to Home Gym History. My name is Rob, and with me is Jake and Adam. I'm happy to be here to talk about something that's common, I think, to most home gyms, to most commercial gyms, and that would be the dumbbell. So, Jake, Adam, before we get into the history, let's just talk about the shape of it. What shapes of dumbbells can you think of? Thinking, thinking hex mm -hmm. dumbbells? Sure. Circular pattern, like round ones. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Round, round hexagons. Uh, I've seen a lot more than that, and we'll we'll get into it. There you go, square. Square. Absolutely. I've seen square. Now, as far as the quick history, we've got to start way, way back in ancient times. So the ancient Egyptians, the ancient Chinese, Indians, Greeks, Scottish, they all had some type of resistance exercises, some type of training, if you will. Which one of these do you think, though, invented the dumbbell? And I'll give you the names again. We've got the ancient Egyptians, ancient Chinese, ancient Indians, ancient Greeks, ancient Scottish. You like can take Scottish are busy lifting stones, <laughs> so I'm going to go okay. with uh, Egyptians. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm going right. to go Indians. Well, you're both incorrect. But you're both correct in the sense that the ancient Indians, you know, eventually, it wasn't ancient, but eventually they would develop Indian clubs, which we can talk about eventually, and they connected to uh, resistance training with their Indian mm -hmm. clubs. And then the Scottish were lifting stones, which I'd love to do an episode on stone lifting eventually. Well, when it comes to the Greeks, credit is given to them because they had a couple different implements. They had the discus, which you might see at a high school track meet or in the Olympics. They had the javelin, same thing. And then they had what were called haltiers. So haltiers, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. If not, apologies to the ancient Greeks. The haltiers, they were shaped like a half circle, which then had a part taken out, and they were made of stone, and they were held, but they weren't used at first for dumbbell-type lifts. And if you look at the image here, you'll see some actual stone ones that are in Athens in the Greek National Museum there. What they were used for was a jumping aid. So the Greeks invented the Olympics. That's Mount Olympus, where they you know, came from. And in the jumping events, they would run with these haltiers, and then they would thrust them back and letting go of them, and they felt like the, the weight differential then would propel them forward. I, in the last episode, was messing up some math, so I'm not going to try to explore the physics of that. But I will tell you that if you check out this image, you can see the progression from the haltier to a dumbbell-like item that looks kind of like a telephone in a way. And then eventually, in the 1700s, we get to what some people think are the dumbbells. Now, if you think about it, dumbbell really doesn't make sense. You, you look at the shape of a dumbbell, you know, I'll just grab a normal hex, a generic one, made overseas hex. I don't know why you would think bell when you look at this, or dumbbell. On well, the 1700s, some historians believe that there were church bells, if you will, and smaller ones with the clapper removed that then people would swing for exercise. And these bells, since they couldn't ring, were dumb. Hence, dumb bell. So that's where m most historians think it came from. Some historians say otherwise. I mentioned one that I really respect, Dr. Jan Todd, in a previous episode. And I was reading that she had, in one of her writings that I'll drop in the sources, she had said that, you know, everyone she asked, all the historians and lecturers she asked, kind of gave this story, but that she couldn't find any actual source, any actual evidence that this was the case, these, these bells that wouldn't ring, the dumb bells. 
But there are some famous people that use them. So Ben Franklin, he mentions a dumbbell in a 1774 letter as a type of compendious exercise that he used to keep fit. You know, you can imagine Ben Franklin bald with his long hair, his glasses, you know, the whole, everything you know about good old Ben Franklin. <laughs> but he had this handheld bell, you know, that he would use to stay fit. And, uh, you know, he, he wrote about these short periods of time of exercise and how it was better doing this training than he told his son than producing bodily warmth by this training was better than walking for great distances. So even Ben Franklin swinging around a dumbbell. Other terms we use, barbell, kettlebell, they come from the term dumbbell. And as time went on, we start seeing modern dumbbells. So I spoke in the weight plate episode, I believe it's episode three, about Alan Calvert of Milo Barbell and about how, you know, shot-loaded hollow globe barbells existed. Well, they also existed, you know, shot-loaded globe-shaped, if you picture like an old-time strongman holding a globe dumbbell. But then they became solid globe dumbbells. So if you take a look, ugh, this is a York 50-pound, and York made globe dumbbells from 50 pounds up to 100, but there were other makers of globe dumbbells that made them smaller and those globe dumbbells were around for quite a while. You had circus and strongman performers doing that classic lift overhead. Do you guys know of any famous ones that would lift a heavy dumbbell overhead that nowadays, you know, world's strongest man competitors are the modern equivalent of? Yeah, I can I can picture it, but I, I don't know the names. How about you, Jake? Any old strongman you can think of? Well, clearly, guys, we need to do no. like a an old-time strongman type episode. So we'll, we'll put that in the notes here. I'll write it down. We need to we need to explore old strongmen. But one of the if I had to pick out one when it came to a dumbbell, I'd say Thomas Inch. So that was his name. Some people think it had to do with the dumbbell itself. That was just a man's name. Thomas Inch. He was Britain's strongest man. He claimed to be at least first official Britain's strongest man. And he uh, had this dumbbell that he performed with that was 172 pounds. And he claimed that he was the only one in the world that could lift it. And not just lift it, but lift it overhead. So then he, the catch with it was, and if someone would come to try it, what they would find is that it was no ordinary dumbbell like the one I just held up. Not only was it a 172 pound dumbbell, but the handle was over two inches thick. It was like this, if you imagine a Coke can, about that round. So it was, I believe, two and three-fifths inches thick. I can get the exact uh, down to the centimeter of it. But that was the catch. People would get up there and, oh, my gosh, it's a lot harder to lift this thing when it's over two inches thick. So for decades, no one could lift this thing. And then eventually several people have lifted it. One of the most notable ones, you can look up this video on YouTube, Mark Henry. So famous lifter, famous WWE guy. Also mentioned the Todds. He was under uh, Terry Todd's tutelage. Mark Henry lifted it overhead, the Thomas Inch. He lifted that sucker at a uh, gathering. So pretty cool video. I'll drop that in the Instagram follow-up posts that I do for this episode. So moving forward, we've got globe dumbbells. Why do you think the shape of the globe dumbbell was changed, gentlemen? I mean, it's pretty nice looking. I like my globe dumbbells. I'm trying to collect more of them. Why don't we see it sold as globe dumbbells nowadays? I'd imagine because it, it rolls away. And it probably, the, the amount of mass it takes to get heavier takes up too much space, so you could make it more compressed. There you go. Yeah, I mean, to the best of my knowledge and that I could find, you got it, Adam. So another point for you. We're going to have to start keeping points. 
So, yeah, they just roll around, you know? It gets messy. So then, naturally, they develop, and by they, I mean weight manufacturers develop other shapes. So we've got adjustable dumbbells coming into the picture at the same time because, you know, uh, in addition to rolling around, you also have these fixed dumbbells in the same way home gym owners nowadays think to themselves, I don't know, this takes up a lot of room. I mean, I got these dumbbells for five through a hundred pounds. That's like a whole side of my gym. I can have these all right here. Well, adjustable dumbbells came about in 1928. A patent came through for George Jowett and he had these gold disc adjustables. These are not those. These are the York model of those that came later. These are York aristocrats, but mm. they're essentially a copy of Jowett's adjustable dumbbells. There's a pin on the end. There's these small discs and the discs don't move around. It tightens really nicely. So then you could take the pin off and you could remove the disc if you wanted. So at the same time though, there's also a shift in the shape of the dumbbells. So the smaller York ones were called buns because they had kind of this mushroom shape to them. Here's a three pound bun. So they would switch over to the globes at 50, but even the smaller globes as well, these buns are circular and would roll around. So then York switched to the round head, which people may have seen. And the round heads had a flat bottom to prevent them from rolling as much. However, eh, that's arguable because the shape still progressed. So then at the top of the show, you mentioned hex. The hex shape came about. What other shapes do we have now in addition to hex or just a round shape dumbbell? I nice. found some of these you got squares. The squares. They're not going to roll on you. Got these spin locks. Oh, those are different. Yeah, I don't think I've seen those. Ones. They're quite larger, the spin locks, yeah. Pepin. Yeah. On the last episode, you mentioned um, Gungnir. So they also, in addition to, you know, barbell card bar, they have dumbbells. So that's a little different. They have the built-in collar, you know. So, But essentially, adjustables that load plates on them, you know, came about. And this is a York and would have a locking collar. And several of them, York as well as other companies, would have a revolving sleeve, which is kind of fun in the middle. And... It wasn't too far off what was taking place around the world. So when it came to the revolving sleeve, because you know people are doing overhead movements with it, things of that nature. So what other modern dumbbells do we have, gentlemen? Or not even in your possession, but I just mean in the uh, home gym community. Oh, there you go. So I have like a, a rounded circular one. Yeah, so you still have the round shape there, and that one's quite shiny. What do you got there, Adam? Some stainless steel. Stainless steel. So innovations in what we put on the dumbbells. You know, instead of hex, we have the rubber coating on the hex. We have stainless steel. I would say outside mm -hmm. of just traditional hex, the most popular ones are probably yeah. the power, power block blocks. ones. So, Jay, can you describe for the listeners if they don't know, what are power blocks? The, like, you, like you described earlier, they're adjustable dumbbells. They have a, they're, they have a square shape, though, and you can eat relatively easily change the weights mm -hmm. in and in and out pretty easily. Uh, they're larger, like quite a bit larger and bulkier than most traditional mm -hmm. dumbbells. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the con, um, but they take so, up, but a yeah, lot that's, space. so that was the whole inspiration behind them. So their inventor yes. was Carl Towley. So in the early nineties, 1993, uh, he first produced them 
And you can find this on PowerBlock's website. They have a nice write-up in terms of how they came about. So basically, he was a repairman for a health club in California, and he just got annoyed with, like, the mess of dumbbells he'd see all over the place. He's like, there's got to be a better way here. Now, way before the 90s, there were adjustable dumbbells, but not to the quality that um, you would see in a commercial gym. So he wanted to make dumbbells that were adjustable, that were of a higher quality that people would either desire in their home gyms, but also in commercial gyms. I don't know if I've ever seen power blocks in a commercial gym, but I've certainly seen plenty of people with them in their home gyms. So that's what inspired him to invent them and design a dumbbell that was adjustable and easily adjustable at that. And I've got to say, it, it does look a lot easier. I've never used them, but it looks easier than like in high school. I had the spin locks and I feel like half my workout was just undoing them and putting the weights on and putting it back on. And it was crazy. So now moving on, I mentioned Gung Nier. Can we think of any others? Last episode, we mentioned an innovator, the Fatapillar, Donnie Thompson with his fat belt. So check out this image, guys. This is on Rogue's website. Rogue sells the Thompson <coughs> fat belts. But these are Donnie's original drawings for the fat belt, which I think is kind of cool. He's got a lifter on a bench, and that lifter has his hands inside the bells. And that was the whole purpose of that. Donnie wanted to get something that was, you know, basically it, it felt like you and the bell were one. Now, you could argue these are more kettlebells, I mean, it's fat bells, than they are dumbbells, but I think it's close enough to mention in this category. And while I was jumping around on a Rogue website, I couldn't help but notice a little roundhead kind of throwback, Mutt. Have you ever seen the Mutt products, the fixed barbells and things? They have dumbbells that have like an ergonomic handle. And if you take a look at the ends, yeah. though, they look kind of like York roundheads in a way. They're a little thinner than roundheads, but it, they definitely have some inspiration there. Um, Newo bells kicking around uh, rock weights and sticks and stones they really came to prominence with you know the concrete weights and also concrete dumbbells during covid shutdown a lot more people doing the diy kind of stuff and then i see like uh, one of my favorite follows my man kurt the kurt locker he has havoc triads so i see him using those and i've never used them personally have you guys ever tried the havoc triads or i believe doesn't uh doesn't Kabuki also have no. like a three post dumbbell that they put out? I think so. I think that's in, oh, okay. part that's in, in partnership. partnership with. I'll look into that and do a little follow up, but I'd like to get my hands on them. And, you know, I'm going to shoot a message over to Kurt Locker and see. He, he tends to, you know, play it straight. He doesn't really <laughs> use or promote things he doesn't like. So he seems to enjoy them. So if you want to see those Havoc triads, you can go to their <laughs> website, which I'll drop in the sources. And you can also just go over to Kurt Locker and check his out. Other than that, can you guys think of any other dumbbells made in modern times? It's always evolving. And the only other one that I can think of, are the only other one would be mm -hmm. traditional loadable dumbbells where you also use a spring collar or a, just some sort of collar. So and like the Olympic, Olympic yeah. weights. Yes. These are just those, some yeah. like cap ones that I got with a used pickup, but I hung on yeah. to them for uh, purposes. And yeah, they yeah, they have their their uses, but I'm always a little nervous going overhead with them. Like that clasp is going to come off, you know? Yes. So yes. I, don't yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go to those great lengths. <laughs> I might not be lifting 172 pounds like Mark Henry did overhead, but I don't need, you know, 10 pound plates falling on my head. Well, gentlemen, here are a couple weird oddities before we sign off. At least I think they're kind of strange about dumbbells that you may not know just to leave you with. So the 1904 Olympics, they had the men's all-around dumbbell contest. 
I'll drop a link. Please go check this thing out. It was pretty wild. It was like 10 events over two days using nothing but dumbbells. And it included like a you make it up last category. Like you just come out and do whatever you want with the dumbbell and the judges could score you. So that was at the actual Olympics. So, yeah, it's hard to imagine dumbbells being at the Olympics, but it was actually like the focus. And 1904, that was before the barbell was widely popularized. The other one I'll leave you with would be, and I'd be remiss without mentioning this, talking about dumbbells, the Sandow Spring Grip Dumbbells. So when we do that podcast about classic strongmen, I will definitely go and talk about Eugene Sandow. But for now, check out this image of the Sandow Spring Grip Dumbbells. This comes from the Stark Center that the Todds helped to found. And these ones actually have bells on them. So the whole purpose was Sandow was a, basically the inventor of bodybuilding, most would say. And he put these out because he had to squeeze them and make both sides touch. So it wasn't really for the lifting purposes of it, but it was to keep your concentration on flexing your muscles. You had to squeeze these and make both sides touch. And then the bell versions are really rare and they actually would ring when you squeeze them enough to let you know, like, Hey, you're on track. You're, you're focusing enough. So whether it's the Olympics with the dumbbells or Sandow spring grip dumbbells, I hope everyone out there finds some dumbbells they can use no matter what they are. They have a history and I hope you enjoyed their history. Thanks for tuning in. You can find me at Vintage Weights PGH, and you can find Jake and Adam on the Garage Gym Experiment podcast. Please subscribe to Garage Gym Radio on YouTube to keep on seeing these episodes, and please follow Home Gym History on Spotify and Apple. Five stars help you lift more. Stay healthy. Until next time. <laughs>